Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody watching or listening online. We are Norwood Free Methodist Church. We consider you extended family, of course, and uh, you're a priority to us. Thank you for tuning in or listening, whatever you want to do. If uh, you want to just hear the audio, it's at norwoodfmc.com. Uh, usually Mondays or Tuesdays, I will go and edit it, compress it to make it professional sound and audio. So if you don't want to see me, number one, I don't blame you. Number two, the audio will sound a lot better uh, when it's all edited. So there yeah, we should be good to go. Okay, so I want to talk about some weirdness today. I'm not sure where God's going to take this thing, but uh, I had a thought yesterday, and we'll see how it works out. This is just what we do. Let's look at our first scripture. This is where it's all going to come today. There. Gordon didn't roll my sleeves up today, so I'm in trouble. It's an issue, you guys. And it says this. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I can already tell this is, message is derailed. We're going to go with Holy Spirit today. Either this is true or it's not, number one. Either this is true or it's not. And that's Psalm 37, 4. Here's the thing, guys. I believe at this time in the world, I don't care who your mom is, who your dad is, I don't care how many times you sit in church, whatever, whatever. I think God is asking the same thing. He's just saying this. Do you believe this or don't you? And what do we mean by faith? Faith is simply, well, believing something is this. Ready? Watch this. There's a stool there, man. I believe there's a stool there. Here's faith. Ready? I'm going to sit on that stool that I believe is there. You see the difference? Do you, number one, believe this? That if we decide to actually delight ourselves in God, time out. Here's what delight yourself in God means. When my kids got to a certain age, I experienced something I'd never experienced before in my entire life. And I'm working through these things, but I'm going to tell you something. When my kids walk into a room where I am, it makes me happier. I don't, listen, I'm just telling you my story. I could be gone for two minutes and I come back home and see him. I'm happier. I mean that. And it's weird, and I didn't expect it as a dad. And if you don't feel that way, whatever, work out your own stuff. But, like, I literally was out plowing. I, had, I put a plow on my four-wheeler the other day. It works, it works really well. I bent it, unfortunately, with this last storm. But um, anyway, so I was out there plowing. You know, I didn't even leave my property. Came back home. Alex was on the couch reading a book. Hey, Bubba. Didn't, I don't care that it was seven minutes ago I went out and just touched up the walkway. I come back in. I see my son. I feel better. I delight in him. I delight in Isabella. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What that means is this. You know, I like to come around you, Father. I like to be in your presence. I like to think of you. Does that make sense? Think about before this happened. Now, this is in the Psalms, which is, of course, the Old Testament time period, where they were serving God out of command and duty. Well, if we don't do this, then he's going to... Well, remember about the captivity in the past, Bruce. You better... And then all of a sudden, someone comes along and says, like, duty? Sure. Delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, I ask you something. I said, do you believe this? If we choose to delight ourselves in the Lord, Lord, my life is better now that you're in it and I'm with you. I like that more. I delight in you. And he says this, a byproduct of that will be this. I will give you the desires of your heart. Now, <laughs> some people have taken this and they drove right to Cuckoo Town. And, but Cuckoo Town is also paved with money. 
<laughs> when you write books about this and you go on certain TV networks and you say, oh, you put your, put your hands on a car and he'll give it to you, man. You got to have the right hair and a nice white smile and a big viewership. Can I tell you that I believe this means two things? Can I tell you that, that I believe this means he'll fulfill your desires? I believe that. I believe that. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. Because I can't, I can't pretend it doesn't mean that. But I see instead more than that. I see that if I delight myself in God, if I find my joy in him, and if I'm happier around him, and I, and, I, and, I, and I move toward him, that he actually plants desires inside of me that I am meant to follow. Anybody? How we doing? We good? Nice to see y'all. I believe that these desires then become a map of sorts for our lives. Now, here's what I mean. <laughs> the desire becomes a desired destination. Then, oh, am I way jumping ahead or what? Yes, I totally think I am. One thing I've noticed about pursuing our desires, side note, is this. How come, now tell me if I'm wrong, how come when we pursue our greatest desires, sometimes that's where we find our greatest hardships or trials? Can anybody hear me on that one? I think of the people who really want to start a family, and it's not easy. I think of the people, Bruce, who they really want to find a meaningful career, and they're in their 30s, and they're still working a job. Anybody? Sometimes the thing you want the most, the greatest desire, is met with some resistance. I know your stories. If you want me to start telling tales, I will. I'll tell you about wanting to start the family. It didn't work out. Mine. Two losses. In our late 20s, early 30s, my greatest desire was children. My greatest desire was also a career. I didn't get a career till I was in my mid-30s. I was bagging groceries at Walgreens a few years before I was a pastor. I was still a janitor while I was a pastor for three years. Why was this so hard? Time out. I'm going to put it together, guys. Trust in the Lord. He plants the desires of your heart. Why is it always seem that your greatest desire is met with the greatest opposition? Could it be designed that way? If Brian Krosick were listening, I'd say it'd be like that sometimes. Many times when we set out to pursue our desires, if we run into roadblocks, lots of times we think it must not be God's will. The door isn't opening right now. Or this is hard or this hurts. By the way, your greatest desire can be save kids. It can be a family peace the way you want it. It can be a relationship in your 60s that has love. I don't know. Don't think you're outside of this, guys. But why is it when we pursue those great desires, sometimes we think, well, there's opposition. So, and some people go, it must not be God. The, do the door's not opening. But what if the opposition, the hardship, is part of that specific journey? Does that make sense? Maybe even it's set up that way because we're given the desires of our hearts as a roadmap to certain destinations. But God uses the journey to that destination to refine us on the inside along the way. Make sense? Now, I know I'm phrasing something fairly simple in a complex way. I get that, but I, I'm just seeing it more boots on the ground. We know that it's our destiny to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. That version of us is very important to God who has an eternal perspective, right? So could it be that there's actually not something wrong with these godly desires inside of us, that it's just the system we're in? I think of Britt and Bry, who aren't here today, but... 
We publicly, we watched them desire a child for years. Did we not? Some of you were at, well, all three of you, and you were at prayer meetings Wednesdays four or five years ago, remember, praying for this. Do you? So time out. Here's what I'm saying, if, you, if you're not on board yet, and people online. There was opposition, it seemed, at every turn. Does that mean it wasn't God's will for them? Well, it's easy to see now, right? You look at Chubby Cheek Gurley, who's perfectly healthy in Christ Jesus' name, by the way, and is a joy, and you go, well, it wouldn't have been God's will because it was hard? You see what's happened here, though? Some of us, listen, I attack, not attack, I challenge uh, fundamental thinking a lot. I know I do. But I also want to challenge the other side because my job is to just to present the truth. God's will for you is not marked with comfy carpet all the time. Sometimes built in are the challenges you need to become the person that you can be. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, I could tell you about a hundred different people in the Bible. I could tell you my story. I could tell you a hundred different things, but I'm going to move forward. Is God saying no just because of that? Let's look at our next slide. Val, thank you. This is all sorts of screwed up today. There we go. <sighs> Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. I don't know if y'all have read it before. It's the hall of faith. It says Abraham was, you know, called righteous because of this or, or this person and that person. But, but it boils down to this. It says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who honestly seek him. Kind of going with the delight in the Lord, right? Without faith, it's impossible to, to please God. Now hear me in your challenges and desires. Listen to me, whether it's a career, whether it's health, whether it's to get through this next thing, whatever. Healing in your family, just listen. Faith is only necessary when you're tempted to fear or when failure and calamity are a real option. Does that make sense? Really? I made the joke about sitting on a stool, faith, but real faith is sitting on a twig, hoping it holds your weight. That's real faith. This, I could look at it and deduce, well, that's, that's cast iron, it's going to hold my weight. That's not faith. Faith is, my family might crumble if I keep going the way I know I should go. Does that make sense? Or, or, or right? My kids might never find God, or whatever it may be, I don't know. But faith is when we walk out what we know in the option, when, when there is actually a real other option, a scary option. <sighs> this hall of faith, like I said, every person was given things to fear and real doubts. But they walked anyway because they knew it was God's will and God's heart and not their own. So let me skip forward here and realize this. How do you know? That's a huge question people always want to ask. How do you know what God's will is? I've seen people, because here's the warning. Here's the warning. I've seen people who've convinced themselves and everyone around them that they're doing something that's God's will. And there's me going, no, <laughs> that's all you, dude. God didn't tell you to do that. God didn't tell you to leave there yet. God didn't tell you to leave them. God didn't tell you to betray people. God didn't tell you to lie or move on there. But they walk it out. And then guess what? Now, I'm not even judging I'm judging behavior. I'm not judging people. Do you know what happens every time someone says it's God's will when they're all just making an excuse for what they want to do? The people around them closest get hurt the most. Can anybody, can anybody relate to that? So how do we know? Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll plant desires inside of you. He'll fulfill those desires. So how do we know which ones are which? I'll tell you right now. We learn to hear from God. You ready? 
in the peaceful times. This is, this is what my message today, I think. We learn to hear from God in the peaceful times. It's important to learn and be led and instructed in the smaller, less important battles and matches of your life. Many people hearing my voice are very content to sit on the outside right now. They sit in the stands while someone else plays the game. And I got news for you. You're going to be starting in that game sooner than you think. That's absolutely true. And right now you can be practicing. You'd be doing reps, doing all sorts of stuff to get ready for when your challenges come or when your questions come. Or more specifically, if when there's a crossroads and you aren't sure which way to go because nothing is easy. Now are you seeing how I'm putting it all together? I think of this. Okay, well, I hate to just put sports metaphors out there. I'm sorry. But maybe it's like watching a show that you like. And you happen to be just sitting there and observing. Well, now you got to solve that case for real. All of a sudden it becomes reality and you're the lead investigator. Or let's say it's a competition show. And you're, next week you're going to be in the competition. What would you do? You'd start practicing or researching now, wouldn't you? If you were just watching this show that you love, let's see, let's say CSI, NCIS, whatever. But if all of a sudden you got to deal with someone's child who bringing them to justice, you would be in law books all week, wouldn't you? Well, use that metaphor here because you're not watching TV. You're not watching AJ walk out his faith in Christ Jesus. This is you. This is you. This is you that looks for the career and looking for the, for the children and the grandchildren and all this sort of stuff. Does that make sense? So don't just watch. Start practicing now. We can learn a lot. I almost preached on this and then I realized God was, was an AJ thought. If you want to do an interesting Bible study, if you're stale in your Bible studies and you want to study the Bible, go look at the way Jesus interacts specifically with his followers, with his disciples. Just go look at everything he says to Peter, James, John, those guys, Judas, Bartholomew, all of them. Just look at that. I imagine, I imagine God's going to want me to teach on that someday because there's something really profound in that that I've never heard someone say before. <laughs> but I want to say this. He says to them, follow me which is this, believe, just believe. Believe that I am who I say I am. You don't have to have faith in me yet, just believe, right? Believe that he exists, bang, there's number one. Peter, come here, follow me. What happens next? A huge tsunami comes out of the, the desert, right? It's crazy, and in that moment of meeting Christ, they gotta really put all their chips in the basket, and a huge, no, nothing happens. Do you know what happens? They learn to listen to his voice, Bruce, by the campfire, along the way, with little things, correct? They watch him do the heavy lifting, don't they? Nobody heals but Jesus at first. And then, in the matter of time, what do they do? He sends them out two by two, doesn't he? If you're reading Luke. And they do amazing things. And they come back and they go, oh my Lord, hey, hey, he says, hey, don't rejoice just because demons listen to you and miracles are happening. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But I want you to look at the timeline. He brings them to himself. They enter almost like a training program, guys, like a boot camp, don't they? Where they just learn all you got to do right now, Peter. No, push-ups are not going to help you. No, 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 you're not great at fishing. You don't got to worry about that. <laughs> all you need to do right now is learn to listen to my voice. There will come a time when chaos is all around you and you need to really hear my voice. Does that make sense? Have I told you before how Jesus says, my sheep, hear my voice. Have we done that? 
Have I told you before that they go and the sheeps would all intermingle in a big field? And then the sheep, when it was time for the shepherds to peace, they'd go, okay, or whatever. And each sheep would know the voice and follow. Can you imagine the calamity that took place the week that Christ was crucified? How many voices were screaming and yelling and, and, and right? They needed to be able to tune into his voice amidst the chaos. How many people know that your kids can do that with you? Get to a, right? You go to a store. Come on. I can do that in here. Your kids will be running around. I'll go, hey. My kid will look. You need to, boy. You need to. Because it might be by the side of the road when I go, hey. And he stops. Get it? So how do I know God's voice? When he plants the desires of my heart, and I want this for a job, but I'm wondering what he wants, and I want to start a family, but it's getting really hard, and how do I know? Shh. You already know. You already should know from what you've done in the past. Because when you listen to him on the way to work about something tiny, or about the state of your heart. Does that make sense? And you tune into that voice in the peaceful times. Then when it's time to grab the sword and go to battle for your family, you don't have a question. You know his voice. And a lot of times we're not hearing these messages. We're not hearing the fact that the work is done in the peace times. I'll give you a hint or an example. How do you think David knew that he could destroy a half angel, half human being called Nephilim, called Goliath? Don't church it up. He wasn't a big dude. This guy was half angel, half human. Go look it up. How did David look at him and go, no problem? Time out. He's got four brothers standing there too. You got to put up. It's all in the Bible. How many stones did he get from the water, Bruce? Five. One for each of them. How did David look at half angel, half humans and go, no problem? Because he was out in the field one day. Two days, three days, four days, tuning into God's voice. And he tells you straight up, he goes, a wolf came. I killed the wolf. So he went into the sheep. Small problem. Then a lion came. I imagine he's referring to like a mountain lion. I don't think they have, you know, lion lions proper. But a mountain lion is pound for pound the strongest animal on the planet. Did you know that? They can crouch and jump to seven feet high. Did you know that? I love those things. That's why I know these facts. Plus, they were picking kids off when I lived in Colorado. They were jumping fences, grabbing kids and jumping away. Oh, we were on high alert. This was 2002. Go do your research. Y'all got Google. So I learned about mountain lions. David sees a mountain lion and goes, I remember the wolf and I remember counting the star. No problem. So he sees Goliath and goes, cool. I know his voice. In fact, you want to church it up a little bit. The king at the time says, put my armor on. Do it the way everybody else says to do it. Listen to my voice, David. And he goes, nah, I'm good. Right? I've tuned into God's voice. And when it matters, it's just a reaction, just like our kids. So let me talk one more thing about desire, and then let, 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 let's go from here. Before the big ones come, tune into his voice. Okay, so this is going to, I'm totally going to take a left-hand turn based on that. Oh, you know what? Let's go forward. Let's look at the slide. Man, this is all jacked up. Sorry about you people on the cameras. This is what we're working off today. Delight yourself in the Lord, and you'll give you the desires of your heart. This is for a select few people, but uh, my job is to uh, deliver the mail. I don't write it. <clears throat> for the second part of the message today, oh, well, two-thirds. <sighs> people are so different. Can I tell you that the last year of my life, the older I get, the more I realize that people are so different and unique. I used to, and I'm kind of still working on no longer thinking that people will or should be strong where I'm strong 
or not struggle where I struggle or where I don't struggle. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, we all grew up to a degree thinking that all families were like ours or all families that were like ours were good or normal and other families were odd. It's natural. In other words, if you're outgoing, you don't understand introverts as much. I don't. I don't understand social anxiety very well. You know, part of me wants to be like, just get up and do it because I don't understand it. Do you know what I'm saying? You got to work on those things. We naturally are born thinking that the way we are is best. It's true because that's the lens we see through. So I'm going to say something that doesn't really necessarily apply to me, but it applies to some of y'all, which is this. Not only does God give us these desires of our hearts, which are map destinations for where our journey needs to lead us to make us like Christ because he thinks eternally. Some of us not only chase our own desires, but some of us, the desires God's put inside of you are chasing you and you're running from them. And that's a whole nother coin. Some of us, God has planted things inside of us and we've decided that uh, I'm going to talk myself out of doing what I think God is telling me to do. There are destination point that a lot of us sometimes go, hmm, um, I have a deep desire to start a business, start a small group, <clears throat> serve in this area, get into therapy and work out my stuff that I know is holding me back. That could be a thing. We can all hear at any stage in life that God's going to often place desires inside of us in timely fashions toward his people, toward kingdom, toward you. And here's the thing. Some of us, like I say, run from those desires because they're going to require faith. I'm going to tell you a story of when I did something right and I know to, I'll take it to my grave that I, I, it was a desire of God and it did not work out the way I wanted it to because I'm not talking about results today. That's your TV channels. That's not here. So God planted a desire in my heart years ago. We found out that the Christian store in Potsdam was closing. Now, I had never been to the Christian store. That's one reason I knew it wasn't my thought, because it was not something I wanted to do. The woman had closed. I almost looked at it like, uh, you know, like an outpost for God kind of went dark. You know what I'm saying? It breaks my heart when a church that serves God closes. It's like a little light goes out. And all that's left is darkness. Now, I had no desire to do this. I don't want to own a business. I don't want to be an entrepreneur. But man, it was a desire that all of a sudden was in my heart. And I could feel that. And I'm not going to have time today to tell you this. But doggone it, talk to people who have wisdom. Dear God in heaven, if you're wondering about a desire, talk to people. He puts people out there and gives them wisdom. I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer for you, by the way. And line it up against the word. Check your motives. Okay? Just check your motives. So we did. We purchased it. We did the work. When you pursue or desire God gives you, right? There's a journey. We did a business plan, projections, the whole nine. We opened the store and closed its doors within, within a year and a half. Thousands of dollars in debt, personally, from it. I know. Now, time out. AJ, was that the wrong thing to do? And my answer to you is this. All I know is God had told us to do it. I don't like that. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm telling you what, that was, was a desire he put in me. I wasn't allowed to run from it. I don't know all the makeup of it. We just, we had to do it. And I can tell you a lot of good things that came out of it. I can tell you a lot of people got served. I can tell you that's where I learned I wanted to be in ministry. It led to here. I can tell you that it saved a marriage, not my own, but some other marriage saved a marriage. 
And that marriage has, has a kid, so that's going to echo, echo through eternity. I can tell you that. I can tell you a whole bunch of other things, good things it did, but I'm not allowed to even look at that and give reasons because I'm not God, Catherine. I don't know. But all I know is this. A desire got planted in my heart. I'm not allowed to run from it. I'm not. He plants a timely desire in your heart. Hey, Bruce, what was that desire like when you saw that children in India needed some clothing? Did that feel like a desire that God put in your heart? Yeah. It's a godly desire. It's self-sacrificing. Bing. Oh, there's one. When it probably won't serve you. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, it's something I want to do. Or even I want to want to do that. Do you know that sometimes that's what God uses to help his people? Let me tell you something before we close. I don't have to ch go to church to be a Christian. Darn right. <clears throat> you do not have to obey God and be part of his body to be a Christian. Absolutely. But do you know that the church happens to be, a lot of times, his delivery vessel for help and relief and peace and solidarity? And also sometimes that's where he will reveal the desires that he has for you to serve other people. Don't know what to tell you here. Some of you, uh, some of you are, are, are pinging. Ping, ping, ping. I can see by your faces. And this is cool. I'm glad. Now, we have uh, a slide. We might have to go ahead too. What's the next slide? Yes. I cannot close this message out without a warning. I said earlier, I have watched people Listen to their hearts. You ever hear that song by Roxette? Greg, can I get you on this one? Listen to your heart. Ha <laughs> ha, yes! Woo! I'm right at the end of that being relevant. Thank you, guys. Oh, I love that album back in the day. <laughs> when he's calling for you. <sighs> that was for me. I don't even care. That was for me. Here's the thing. Um, don't listen to your heart anymore, okay? <laughs> listen. I know people say, listen to your heart, follow your heart. If you've got those voices in your life, do me a favor, turn it down. Because here's the thing. Your heart is going to lead you astray. My heart wants to eat cookies and, and drink as much beer as I want and never go to the gym and not treat people right. And my heart just wants what I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. It's going to end up alone and full of heartache and unhealthy, right? My children's heart just want to eat cookies all day and gummy bears, and right? That's what they want. The Bible says this, your heart, your, your collection of emotions is actually really deceiving. You'll think it will lead you to happiness, but have you ever arrived there by just listening to what you want? No, that's called hedonism, isn't it? You go, go sit on a beach and do everything you want and see if it makes you happy. It won't. You'll end up on that beach going, man, I'm bored of all that. This beach sucks. Those Mai Tais are old now. Now I just feel crappy, Right? The heart is susceptible above all things, and it's beyond cure. You can't cure your own heart, nor can you understand it. I wanted to be with this person. That didn't work out. I really thought that was going to work out. Can we just throw our hands in the air and say this? I'm going to follow the desires of God that he put in my heart, and I'm going to trust him to lead me to a place of fulfillment. Get it? So listen, I will leave you. We will be done. But God in heaven, one, check your motives. If you're, okay, all right, this is for you, this is for you. God is very rarely interested in you running from something. God is always a God who will give you something to run toward. Does that make sense, Bruce? I just told these folks about me feeling burnt out in this job, very frustrated and not really wanting to do it anymore. But can I tell you one of the reasons early that I knew it wasn't God thing? Because I'd be running from something. The armor of God covers the front, not the back, y'all. Oh, they've just mistreated me. I got to go. That's me running from. Now, if God says, I've got something for you to go do, you strap on the sword and you go toward. 
But if you're running from something, beware. Does that make sense? Just grab that. That's good. Come on, guys. Another thought I have, and then we're out of here, I promise, is, like I said, check your motives. And learn to be really honest with yourself. That's a really strong, especially young people, learn to be honest with yourself. If you're being selfish, just call it out. I'm being selfish. I don't want to do this anymore. Right? God will give us the desires of our hearts, guys. And some of you, you followed it. You wanted to start a family, and that's where your greatest joy has come from. Good for you. That's where God, God has done that. Okay? But we're not done. God gives us godly desires all through our lives. Let's be listening in the peaceful times so that we can recognize his voice when, when it's all going on around us. Right, Bruce? All right, what song do we have? We have a song called I Surrender All, a nice classic tune. Eh. <laughs> we really need it if you want it. Cool. Um, nice classic tune saying that I surrender. And that includes our desires. We're going to surrender our desires as well. <laughs> 